So we've got one quick verse today for our message today. And I figured since we started an hour early, I could talk an hour more. <laughs> and no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that to you today. But we've got one verse um, in Isaiah. Let's go to the next Isaiah. Let's go again. And remain seated, but let's read it together. Let's do the reference verse and the reference for this one verse. Isaiah 41 10. Do not, I am with you. Do not say, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41 10. So several months ago, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a physician's assistant. I've known her for years. And we were just talking about random stuff, and she was talking about her work and that type of thing. And she mentioned to me that she spends most of her work day dealing with young people, dealing with anxiety. Okay. You know, just kind of being who I am, I just asked her, I said, well, what are they worried about? She said, everything. Okay. Mainly in that particular context, they were they were concerned about work, but they're they're worried about everything: work, finances, relationships, social media, everything. Okay. So according to Forbes.com, and it's, it's, there's all all kinds of statistics out there, but young people are more likely to experience symptoms of anxiety than older. Nearly 50% of those between the ages of 18 and 24 reported depressive disorder or anxiety symptoms. And women are more than twice as likely as men to experience an anxiety disorder. Okay. So I know that's from a secular resource and stuff like that, but it seems like everything I found was pretty much the same thing. Right? That age group between 18 and 24 is really struggling with So with the 24-hour the news cycles filled with stories about wars in Ukraine and Israel, threats of war in Taiwan, terrorism, inflation, political bickering, crime, impeachment, etc., people are anxious, people are afraid. But as believers, as we look forward to 2024, there's good news for us. Because God's word tells us that we don't have to be afraid. Nothing that happens next week, next year, or any year after that is going to surprise God. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and his word tells us to fear not and that he is with us. So as we go into this, into this new year, that should be our motto. With everything that's going on as believers, is fear not because God tells us that's what we should do. So we're going to take a look at this one verse from Isaiah. I think we should packed with everything that I could find about fear, and it just seemed to be very appropriate for today. So this single verse contains two commands and five promises. So the two commands are fear not and be not dismayed. So we pretty much understand fear, but that word dismayed is kind of something that we don't necessarily say nowadays. But they're very similar. One, def one definition of fear is concern about what may happen. Worry. 
And dismayed means upset, worried, or agitated. So in these two commands, fear not and be not dismayed, we're told basically don't worry. So God's word tells us numerous times, especially in some of the things that we've studied as far as in Mark and the resurrection and the Christmas story, not to be afraid. So in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And also in the resurrection story, um, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 2 through 6, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord Psalm 34, verse, Psalm 34, verse 4, sums this up. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Okay. So in those first two commands, fear not, the Lord is telling you, telling us to not be afraid. In, in, in this section of verse 10, there's, there's two other promises that are in there. It's, I am with you, and I am your God, in this same verse. Every believer has the Holy Spirit inside them, providing them comfort. We're not alone. How do we know this? Because his word tells us that. In John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. God sends believers a helper, the Holy Spirit that lives within us. He comforts us, he protects us. And isn't that something to be thankful for today? One thing to notice in verse 17 is is that Jesus says that the world, non-believers, cannot receive the Holy Spirit the same way that believers can. Non-believers don't have the Holy Spirit comforting them or the Lord interceding for them to God the Father on their behalf. They're totally on their own in the world where the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seek whom he may devour. So if you if you think about it, we can feel good as believers that we have the Holy Spirit who's comforting us and watching out for us, but we also have to be sad for our our, our fellow neighbors who are not believers. 
because they have to deal with all this on their own. And that's what I hope we can do in our new churches to actually share the gospel with those who aren't believers and that they can be saved. The early church also found comfort in the Holy Spirit. As the, as the, the early church started, they were facing increased persecution and isolation. They were really under a lot of pressure. And Acts 9 verse 31 tells us, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. So the comfort of the Holy Spirit calmed them and they were able to multiply. They were able to actually grow because it released, it, 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 it reduced the fear and the worry that they had and they could actually concentrate on worshiping the Lord and their, and their numbers were multiplied. They receive their comfort from the Holy Spirit. God keeps his promise to be with us. God also promises that he is our God. Ezekiel 30, chapter 34, verse 31 says, You are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are men, and I am your God, says the Lord God. As believers, we're in God's flock. We're not outside of it. We're in God's flock. And he is the great shepherd. Luke 15, verse 3 through 5, tells us the parable of the lost sheep. So he spoke to this, he, so he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders. God cares about us. We are his flock. And he is going to do everything that he can to help us, to comfort us, and to show his love for us. So he, every, every single sheep in his flock, he, you know, Ezekiel says that we're in God's flock. He cares about every one of his sheep. And he cares about you and he cares about me. The third promise in this in the scripture is, I will strengthen you. There are many examples in the Bible where believers receive strength from the Lord. And one of these examples is the Apostle Paul. This guy lived an incredible life. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't think I've studied his whole life, but there are a few things that I know of in his life um, that are quite remarkable. So he started off being a persecutor of the church, right? Then he was blinded and had his sight restored. Then Jesus saved him. He was arrested, imprisoned, beaten, shipwrecked, tried, forsaken, and eventually killed for his faith in Jesus. However, throughout all of this, he continually praised God for strengthening him. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, Paul writes, writes Timothy and says, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all for certain. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. 
and the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory and forever. Amen. So in, throughout his life, all of the hardship that he faced, he still wrote in, in Acts that God was his strength. And he can do the same thing for us. So as we go into this next year, we're going to, if we're down, if we're tired, we can count <clears throat> on the Lord to strengthen us. Promise number four is, yes, I will help you. Isaiah 41, 13, just a few verses after the ones that we read a few minutes ago. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Hebrews 13, 5 through 7 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Jesus is our faithful helper. He helps us. And finally, the fifth promise is, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 37, 16 through 18 says, A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. So as we go through this year, we know we're going to face a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of things going on. It's really easy to get discouraged. But as believers, we have to know that God's Word tells us that we're given a helper, the Holy Spirit, that dwells in us every day. Everything that we go through, He is with us and He is there to help us. And Jesus is also our, He also intercedes for us to the Father whatever that we need, probably things that we don't even know we need. Right. He intercedes for us to the Father. So as we go through, as, as believers, we're gonna, we've got to hold on to this truth that his word says, fear not. Any unbelievers, you too can be strengthened by the Lord. If you've not accepted Jesus as your Savior, don't wait another minute. Come see me or Phil Jr. or anybody else in this congregation if you feel comfortable and talk to them about how you can how you can be saved by Jesus. As we go through this new chapter in our church, as we go through a new year, there's a lot of uncertainty. But God's word says, fear not. We have Jesus in our court as believers. He's going to take care of us. As our church, as we go through the uncertainty of where we're going to be going, he's going to bless us. He's going to give us guidance. And even though there's things that we don't know what's going to happen this year, we know that God is in charge. He is the head of his church. And he is going to bless us with whatever we do.